Hello, and welcome to the Pacific Northwest Showdown Podcast. We're your hosts, Michaela and Kate. Hey, everybody. It is episode four of season two of the Pacific Northwest Showdown Podcast, and we are so excited that you are here with us. So thank you for taking an active part in listening to us, since it doesn't just happen magically. Exactly. This episode, we will be covering the Seattle Mariners, yep. the Kraken, the Seahawks, O.L. Ray, and the Sounders. Yep. Yep. A lot of time on the Mariners, a lot of time on the Seahawks, kind of the big, kind of the, some of the big stuff happening right now. Yeah. The playoffs are happening for yeah. the Mariners. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the Seahawks, I feel like every week it's important the because there's one is, game yeah, a week. It's getting and so rolling. It's getting going there. Yep. Yep. Um, so be sure to stay tuned through the end of the episode. We do have three mailbag questions this week that we are looking forward to answering. They're good questions. Make sure you listen all the way through. And maybe there's something special at the very, 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 very end. So if yeah. you're somebody that Not knows. Not just the regular end. The very end. Some of you know. Some of you will find out. But stay tuned for the Showdown Lowdown <laughs> coming up next. It is time for the Showdown Lowdown. The Showdown Lowdown. <laughs> Kate's got the energy tonight. Do I? Maybe. We shall see. She's eating too many of these sugar pumpkins she's got in front of her. Um, they're mellow cream pumpkins, specifically. Thank specifically. You. Technically. All right. Well, this is the showdown lowdown where we talk about our Seattle sports news and updates. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We are going to kick it off with the Seattle Mariners. The Seattle Mariners. I'm sporting that shirt today. Me too, actually. From Simply Seattle. Yep. Love Nikki Scarlata totally. and the Seattle Mariners. That's right. All right. So some special things happened this last weekend for the Mariners. Michaela, tell us all about it. All right. So October 8th was already yeah. a very special day mm -hmm. in Mariners history. It was. It was. That was the day in 1995 that Edgar Martinez had hit his infamous double that scored Joey Cora and Ken Griffey Jr. Mm -hmm. to end a battle in extra innings against the New York Yankees, mm -hmm. Nikki's team, True. in Game 5 of the American League Division Series. Yeah. So let's all, for memory purposes, That's right. listen to that call from the late and great Dave Niehaus. Mm. Love a base hit into the gap, and they could win it with junior speed, the stretch. And the 0-1 pitch on the way to Edgar Martinez. Swung on the line. Down the left field line for a base hit. Here comes Joy. Here is Junior to third base. They're going to wave him in. The throw to the plate will be late. The Mariners are going to play for the American League Championship. I don't believe it. It just continues. My, oh, my. Edgar Martinez with a double. Ripped down the left field line, and they are going crazy at the kingdom. At the kingdom, though. Like, memories, you know? Memories. So good memories. Anyway, so that was 1995, and it was amazing. Fast forward. Okay. To October 8th. Same day. Yep. 2022. Okay. Let's this see. Where last weekend. This. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The Seattle Mariners made one of the largest comebacks in Major League Baseball postseason history. True. Which ended in a 10 to 9 score over the Toronto Blue Jays to win the American League wildcard series, mm -hmm. having won the first 
two out of three games. Yep. They didn't even need a game three because they just locked it in in two. In the top of the sixth inning, the Mariners were down eight to one. It was bleak. In the top of the sixth, eight to one. Yeah. It looked terrible. All of a sudden. Yep. Magic happened. Chaos reigned supreme. A four-run inning in the top of the sixth with a run scored on a wild pitch followed by a three-run home run by Carlos Santana, which helped bring the Mariners back to life. Sure did. Like a CPR resuscitation. That was not the only four-run inning that the Mariners had. No, it was not. Top of the eighth. Mm -hmm. J.P. Crawford Mm -hmm. hit hit three in. That was a result of a base hit to center field. That was unfortunately, it caused yeah. a collision yep. between the shortstop and the center fielder for the Jays. Yeah. Never good. But we scored three runs to tie it. Sure did. Top of the eighth. Yep. Mm-hmm. With a tie ball game, as the Mariners headed into the top mm-hmm. of the ninth, mm-hmm. Cal Raleigh hit a double, got him to second base. Sure did. Adam Frazier followed up with a double of his own to right field, which scored Cal from second. Yep. This put the Mariners up 10 to 9, which ultimately would help win them the game. Let's listen to that call from Rick Riz. One more right here. Cal will lead. Here's the pitch of the way. Swinging a line drive into right field. Down the line and toward the corner. A base hit. Cal being raved around third. He'll score. Frazier in its second with a two-out RBI double. Claps his hands. And the Mariners, for the first time in the ball game, have a 10 to 9 miraculous lead here in the top of the ninth inning. Holy smokes. Adam Frazier comes through in the clutch. His third base hit. Is an RBI double giving the Mariners a lead here in the top of the ninth inning. And you betcha this crowd here in Toronto is absolutely shocked. Yeah, absolutely shocked was a great way to describe that because the faces of the people in the stands and the people on the field that were not the Mariners, they noticed. Well, let's be honest, even Mariners fans. Oh, yeah. That's we true. were shocked because we already wrote that game off. Eight true. to one, top of the sixth true. inning. We're like, this is awful. Yeah. This is terrible. What an awful game by Robbie Ray. Yeah. Poorly managed. There was a lot of there was a lot of tweeting happening. There was a lot of tweeting. But what a miraculous amazing. comeback. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. I do want to make note that Mm -hmm. rookie starting pitcher George Kirby came in for that bottom of the ninth inning to help secure and close out that game. Yep. Shout out to Kirby to come into a high pressure situation like that. You're only up one run and to close out that game. Yep. I, it was awesome. I also love that the Everett Aqua Sox like shouted him out on their social media after that too, since he had played for them prior to the Mariners. So go Aqua Sox. The Mariners did start their series. So for, you know, the division series against the Astros today, October 11th, they had a heartbreaking loss. Mm -hmm. It feels too soon to be actually recorded in this talk about this situation. It's a little fresh. Yeah, It's super fresh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I mean, it was a walk-off home run by the Astros. We were up at one point, you know, seven to three Mm -hmm. in in the top of the eighth, top of the bottom of the eighth happens. They get a two-run home run. We're up seven to five in the ninth. And we give up a three-run home run. There was two outs. Alvarez comes in. They put Robbie Ray in. Yep. 
and he gives up a three run walk off home run yeah. and we lose game one yeah. out of five yeah of the division series to so the astros it's a, you know best of three or i mean it's a best of five so you got to win three that's what i'm trying to say yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. heartbreaking it was it's hard yeah i didn't i didn't get to see any of it because i was at work so i just checked in after work to see the score and i was so excited for a second and then i refreshed it and then i was so sad so kate called me on her way home which is something she will regularly do and she goes i go are you okay and i go i don't know if i want to talk about it (laughs) i could only imagine so ah good luck to the mariners over the next few games we need you to start we need you to have chaos ball we need it show up good thing about the Mariners, especially this season, mm-hmm. they will continue to have like heart and they'll fight it till oh, the yeah. end. They oh, will do yeah. everything they can to win games. I have no doubt that that's mm-hmm. the case. I agree. I'm not counting them out yet. No, they just need all. to not let this defeat them moving forward. Yeah, just you know, keep good spirits about you. Good vibes only. And good just vibes only. Keep going. So, let's also go over to um, the Kraken and talk about talk about them. So, the Kraken had won their first four preseason games and they lost their fifth one um, against the uh, Houston Oilers, I believe, on Friday, October seventh, with a final score of five to three. They had had you know, goals from Maddie Beneers, Daniel Sprung, Jared McCann. Um, so those were all, those are all great. Um, their first game of the regular season is going to be Wednesday, October 12th against the Anaheim Ducks about 7 PM. And their first home game at climate pledge will be this Saturday, October 15th at 7 PM against the Vegas golden Knights. And we're going to be at that game. And I know that I'm looking forward to hopefully getting to see the new Kraken mascot buoy in real life or IRL. Um, oh my I, God. <laughs> um, because I know when he was revealed, there was like a lot of mixed feelings about him. And I think technically there still are there's oh, yeah. people who were like, they were not never going to be and on they're board. like not into it. But at the same time, like he's here now and it's not like the Kraken is going to be like, Oh wait, like some of you don't like him. Never mind. Not with the way that he like trolls back answers literally as a troll trolls back answers and like people on Twitter and social media and stuff. So I think Bowie's in it. I'm jumping aboard the wagon, the Bowie wagon. He's been going around doing lots of like different appearances and, and, and riddles and clues and things on social media. We have to go find him. And it seems like people are having a good time. It seems like he's got some sort of like a great sense of humor. So like some fun personality and things yeah. and all that. So, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to get on board. Kate is a mascot fan overall. I think she's always going to have open arms for any mascot, yeah. especially in Seattle. Yeah. That's she's right. like the cheerleader for Seattle sports mascots. Yeah. She loves them. It's a hard job. You know, you have to like pop up the crowd and keep people going and do all the things. And poor Bowie just shows up and then like gets like a lot of booing. Oh no. Yeah. It was, it's hard for him. Yeah. All right. So hopefully we'll see Bowie. Hopefully we'll see you there. Yeah, let us know if you're going to go. Let us know if you'll be there on Saturday night to yep. support the Seattle Kraken. Let's find out. Yeah. So the Seattle Sounders, as the Kraken begin their season, the Sounders season has come, come to an yeah. end. They mm-hmm. played their final match on Sunday, October 9th mm-hmm. against San Jose. And that match ended in a draw with a score of two to two. Mm-hmm. Both goals for the Sounders were scored by Nicholas Lodiero. And he scored the first goal in the first minute. Such a surprise time to make a goal, I would think. 
I I would just be so excited as a Sounders fan to be like, oh, look at the oh, action. First thing, if you were still in line to get your beer, you missed a goal. You missed it. You missed a goal. But he did but score. He did it, but he did it again later. He did it again in the 49th the first time. Minute. He was like, you know what? I feel bad for that guy that was like in line waiting for that popcorn. I'm going to just do it again in the 49th yep. minute. Exactly. But again, this was the final game of their 2022 MLS season. Yeah. I personally look forward to seeing their development and their rise back to the playoffs mm-hmm. next season. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt that the Sounders will get back to the playoffs next oh, yeah. season. Yeah. It's literally in their the culture, their DNA of the organization, the franchise. Yeah. They will be back to playoffs next season. Yes. I'm saying it here. I'm saying it now. Yep. They won the CONCACAF championship this sure year. Let's did. make sure that we celebrate yes. that success. Yes. And let's move forward without looking, you know back on this season for mm-hmm. for the ways that there might have been shortcomings. I yeah, I understand that. I definitely understand that. Um well the OL Rain, you know, their regular season has ended, but because they had the best record in the league, they are moving on to um the semifinals. And so we are encouraging you, it's your friendly reminder, or as my mom says, this is your gentle reminder, um, to go and purchase your tickets for that semifinal playoff match, it's going to take place at Lumen Field on October 23rd at 4.30 p.m. It'd be great to show up, support those incredible female athletes um, or just, you know, the the team in general um, in Seattle. And, uh, you know, we have some really great players on the rain, on the rain and, um, and you don't know how long they're all going to still be together. Um, and so I think, you know, it's a great time to go and see people like, um, you know, Megan Rapinoe, and Jess Fishlock has been there a long time. Don't just don't take their presence on this team for granted. Mm -hmm. Do not take it for granted. Mm -hmm. I think about Sue Bird and her retirement. Granted, she was with the storm for so many years. Yeah. But there were a lot of people Mm -hmm. um, at the end of Sue Bird's season that were like, I just need to go see Sue Bird play. I'm like, you shouldn't have waited this long to see her in action. Yeah. Don't yeah. do that with the OL rain. They're in a really good spot. They are to potentially win it all. Show up, buy tickets, be mm-hmm. there, support the OL rain. Mm-hmm. If you can do it, definitely, definitely go do it. All right. So the Seattle Seahawks. Wah, wah, wah. Well, I know they lost to the New Orleans Saints. Let's do the want, want, want for the defense. But it's yeah, we'll dive into that <laughs> in the Hawkeye analysis. I was like, it's like a they tiny did one. lose to the Saints on Sunday with a final score of the Seahawks 32 and the Saints 39. Yeah. We're going to break down Sunday's game and the mm-hmm. Hawkeye analysis. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to look ahead to our matchup against our division rival, the Arizona Cardinals that will take place this <laughs> upcoming Sunday, October 16. Yeah. Maybe at one Oh five could be. So that time frame is going to potentially change yeah. based on whether or not the Mariners keep their hopes alive to continue on to the next yes. series in the playoffs because game four, yeah, if the Mariners have a game four in this series, mm-hmm. would take place on Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Yeah. That would force the Seahawks to potentially push back their time, their game time. They can't play at the same time. It's too many people down in the it's like city. Some sort of like city time. bylaw or something about how the stadiums can't be used at the exact same time. Same day, but not same time. Yes. So just know that that time frame can change for the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. But we will dive into you know what's what happened on Sunday in the Hawkeye analysis coming up next. See you there. 
This is the Hawkeye Analysis, where we break down the Seattle Seahawks game from Sunday, and we look Mm -hmm. forward to their next game, which will also take place this next Sunday. True. Time to to be determined, it sounds like. Yeah. Maybe 105, maybe not. So definitely make sure you're checking that. Especially if you have tickets. Schedule. (laughs) Exactly. You don't want to show up and be like, oh, I missed it. Or, oh, I have to wait around for six hours. Exactly. All right. So last weekend's Mm -hmm. game on Sunday. Yeah. The Seahawks barely lost that game. They were in New Orleans playing the Saints. That makes the most sense if they're in New Orleans. And yeah, it it was kind of back and forth and then it was a high i mean i feel like that's a high scoring game on it both is sides. a high scoring game and you should 100 percent win that game if you score if your, if your offense is working that that well yeah so geno yeah. smith looked great again yeah he had 268 passing yards three mm-hmm. passing touchdowns which honestly should have been four dk uh, did drop a pass in the end zone it should have been four we all make mistakes he DK. did score a it's touchdown okay. he did it was beautiful it was a 50 yard um touchdown pass yeah. from Gino. Yeah. And he definitely like kind of ad-libbed out there a little bit because yeah. he wasn't originally open with the original play call and he found a little route that he could run and yep. Gino found him and it was a beautiful play. So yep. I'm going to give him that. Absolutely. But should have been four. Can't win them all. Gino Smith <laughs> is impressing literally everybody like yeah. sports media world. Gino Smith. Everybody's like on yeah. that hype train yep. right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's been really interesting to kind of go from remembering what people were saying before the season started and to going to now and being like, Oh, it's night and day. Like if I was Geno Smith and obviously I'm not, but if I was, I would be like in my house sitting there and being like, yep, I told you like, I knew it. I never wrote back. I never wrote back. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, and I and he doesn't seem to be letting it like go to his head or anything, which is great because you know you need you need to stay like you know focused and everything on that. But um, but that's got to feel good for him to know that he could prove people wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's got to feel good. Yeah, and he I feel like he's been humble, but he's confident. In yeah, it. like he he knows his skill set. Yeah, and he won't back down. He'll say like. You haven't seen me throw when people ask, like, are you surprised at the success? Like, if if yeah. if you're surprised by the success I'm having to start the season, you haven't seen me throw. Yeah. He has the confidence. Yeah. But he's not necessarily like it's not arrogant. It's not no. like it's not it's not in that kind of way. It's like it really is confidence and not like right big ego stuff, right? It now. doesn't feel that way. Yeah. There is some sad news. I know. From Sunday's game, and yeah. that is Rashad Penny, yeah, who is out for the season with a broken fibula. Yep, fractured tib- tibula. Well, yeah, the 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 tibia was like injured. They didn't say it was like necessarily. From what I saw, not like it was broken, but yeah, the the fibula was fractured, and then the tibia was injured, and they're gonna do. Uh, there's gonna have to be a surgery and some things. It's gonna be a long road to recovery for for that one in terms it's of like so the unfortunate because he's had multiple it's season ending just, injuries at this point he's had yeah. multiple yeah and he's so good when he's healthy and mm-hmm. that's the hardest part about mm-hmm. this is like when he gets going he he's quick he's yeah. fast his yeah. bot like he's physical mm-hmm. but he hasn't been able to stay healthy and it's really genuinely sad yeah 
And and when he got hurt in the game too, it was kind of like, I mean, you knew something was wrong. He didn't when he was trying to get off the field. He didn't even stand up. He just kind of like scooted. He was so close backwards. To he was close to the sideline side that he, just, he was able he to like scooted himself. Yeah. Out. So um, so yeah. But we wish him the absolute best with through the process all of, of that process of like healing and recovery because. And not even just for his bones, but for like, you know, his mental, mental health and like his mindset and everything, because going through these season ending injuries over and over again of different types, I mean, that's got to really wear on you as a, as a human. And so we just, we send all the positive vibes his direction for sure. Yeah. And you know, now that Penny's out, yeah. you know, unfortunately in this game, in this, in this it's, business, you have to, you have to pivot and all of a sudden, yeah. There's somebody else that has to become the starting running back. And yes. for the Seahawks, that person's going to be Kenneth Walker the third. Mm-hmm. He was selected in the second round this season. He's a rookie. Yeah. Everybody was so upset about the Seahawks selecting a uh, running back in the second round of this draft. Yeah. But this is the reason why they did it. Exactly. First of all, Kenneth the, Walker the, the third mm-hmm. in college mm-hmm. was one of the best running backs. Yeah. Out of everybody. Yeah. But the running back room for the Seahawks hasn't been historically like healthy, healthy and reliable. So it does make sense that they would need another one. So Kenneth Walker, after Penny goes out, mm-hmm. goes out and scores a 49-yard touchdown run. Yep. His first mm-hmm. his first TD. Yep. And I do expect him to put up numbers once he gets rolling. Mm-hmm. I just hope that Kenneth Walker can be the first healthy running back that can stay healthy. Let's do it. That we've yeah. had in years. Yeah. I don't know if it's like supplements, certain nutrition, some sort of meal plan, some sort of like stretching routine. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, let's help make sure Kenneth Walker third has whatever it is that he needs. You know, and I maybe honestly like, and I haven't really thought about this before, but the Seahawks running backs are typically very physical. They use their stature, their strength yeah. to break tackles, to run through people. Run through the middle a lot. Maybe that's part of the injury ish issue. If they're just running through people and they're put, they're putting their bodies, they're physically yeah. going in yep. play after play. Yep. Kenneth <sighs> Walker is more of an elusive running back. Yeah. He can, you know, he's not dodge it and stuff. Juking. He's yeah, yeah. He's, he's fast and he's elusive. Mm-hmm. I don't know how physical he is, but um, maybe that's how our running backs could potentially stay yeah. a little bit more healthy is. Yeah. Less physical, more elusive. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Could be something different. All right. Yeah. So like, can we just talk about DK though for a second? Can we jump in with that? You want to go back to DK here? Well, I, I just want to talk about it for a second because here's the thing. I feel like in the past couple of years, we have all kind of talked about how he wasn't being utilized to his full potential. He mm-hmm. wasn't getting the targets he did, he deserved. And some of that is because, like, honestly, he's being, like, double or triple covered sometimes. So it's like he's not available to actually throw to. Sure. You know what I mean? So, like, I get that. But I think this season um, we're starting to see more targets for him. We're starting to see him maybe being used in some some different ways. And I just – I know he had that. I know he kind of missed that. He missed that uh, potential touchdown, right? But um, he's had some great. He had some great other plays. That the touchdown that he did get, um, you know, was was awesome. And I just think, I just want to get a. Sh- I just want to get like a statement on the record that I think 
that we still need to, you know, be nice to him because. Oh, 100%. We still love DK. <laughs> there are moments where I feel like he his, can't hang his, on to the ball as well as I think people would hope yeah. based off of what he's getting paid. Sure. He's a big playmaker, but he's not the perfect playmaker. And what I mean by that yeah. is, sure. honestly, I'm going to say it. I'm on the record saying it. Tyler Lockett's a better wide receiver than DK Metcalf. I And I don't think that anybody yeah. will actually... Yeah. Maybe Seahawks fans would agree with that, but I don't know that the national media would ever acknowledge Tyler Lockett as being a better wide receiver than yeah. D, a DK Metcalf. Yeah. But you're looking at the physicality, right? You look exactly. at DK and they're you, totally you different body think types. He looks like he should be one of the most and dominant, elite. Yeah. elite. Mm-hmm. He's fast. He's physical. He's, he's a big dude. He is. You look at him and you think elite wide receiver. You look at Tyler Lockett and you think, Wide receiver three, small. Yeah, he could be wide on the receiver team. two. Yeah, yeah, like he's solid, he's consistent. But Tyler Lockett to me, yeah, is wide receiver one. He's elite. Mm-hmm. He has consistently through every year that he's played for the Seahawks yep. made plays happen, mm-hmm. and he makes his quarterbacks look elite themselves. Yeah, Tyler I'm... Lockett showed out on Sunday. He did. He definitely did. Which. Before you tell people how much he showed out, I will say I found it interesting because I think in this game, I felt like there was a little bit more equal utilization of both Tyler Lockett and DK versus in some of the other games where it's more like DK heavy or Tyler heavy. That is historically how it's been. And it's not so kind of even. But in this game, I felt like it really was kind of switched up more so that they were both being utilized more overall. Which is, I think, what makes Gino like it's making him a great quarterback. Yeah. Um, Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Okay. Now tell me how he showed up. Cause I want to, I want to hear about he it. He caught five passes for 105 yards and he had two touchdowns, including a 40 yard pass. I believe a 30 yard pass. Yeah. He had multiple explosive plays in this game. Yeah. And I'm going to give credit to Gino where it's due. Gino dropped dimes. Gino put the that ball, ball was right exactly where it, where it needed to oh be yeah. for Tyler Lockett to come down with the catch. But both times Tyler was like draped by like there were two or three defensive yeah. backs right and around just, Ty- Tyler. Yeah. What a great show by Gino and, and Tyler yep. Lockett in that game. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that Gino to Lockett connection. I mean, it's it's good. And Gino, like, I mean, that whole like you haven't seen me throw. Uh yeah, because that guy has a great arm and a great aim. And even when even when Okay, so even when DK didn't catch, like didn't complete that, uh, complete that pass, he's like over on the sidelines sitting there. You could see in the replay of Gino like looking disappointed that right that DK didn't catch it. But like then on the sidelines, he goes over and like you know kind of gives DK the like, hey man, it's all right kind of thing, and keeps and it's just like, yes, like that's well, the kind that's of attitude and leadership that you need on the team for sure. It's it's yeah, it was great. How good did Tyler Lockett make? Russell Wilson look over all those years that they had a connection. Was it? I mean, not to say there were plenty of times Wilson dropped it exactly where he sure, needed to. He sure, threw dimes. Sure. But Tyler Lockett is such an elite receiver. He gets to where he needs to be. He will. He does not drop passes. Yeah. Lockett does not drop passes. All, although he has been dropping to the ground a lot right now after catching passes. And, you know, I put that out on Twitter 
And there were a lot of responses, which is great. There are people who said, yeah, I noticed that too. I noticed that too. Yeah. But there's other people that argue, you know, well, that's a good thing because he's protecting his body. He's keeping himself as healthy as he possibly can. Yeah. And I agree with that. I can 100% understand that. In those moments, you don't necessarily see that there's like a massive yards after catch opportunity. Sure. But you also just see him. He just goes down to, you know, it's a different, it's a different thing for him than he's been doing. So I think it's been this last game specifically, it was a lot more noticeable because I was like, wait a second. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. Yeah. I get the protecting yourself. So that, that makes sense. So the offense showed up. They sure did. The offense showed up, but when the defense does not show up, that's how you end up losing games. I mean, they were technically there. With how, I guess <laughs> they were physically with present. how the offense did, yeah. they should not have lost this game. Yeah, the defense has consistently been terrible. It's been it's been terrible. It's been a rough go. It's been a rough go for the defense. There have been now, a few bright spots. There are bright spots. Tariq Woolen, yes, fifth round draft pick rookie mm-hmm. this season. Fifth mm-hmm. round. Yep. Third interception in three games. It's, and that yeah. ball was his. He just stepped right in front. And he said, nope, nope, that's that's my ball. I'm sorry. You thought that was for you? It was actually for me. This was mine. This is addressed, mine. addressed to me. Thank you so much. <laughs> addressed to Tariq Woolen. <laughs> he has been... Mm-hmm. I mean, if this is what the foundation that this, this team is building, there's a lot of hope here. Yeah. But this team cannot stop the run. That's not on Tariq Woolen. He's a he's a cornerback. Although they, they yeah. do make tackles and plays, yeah, and sure, part of the sure. That's not Tariq Woolen's fault. No. Our linebackers, our defensive line, yeah. are a liability. I th- I think that they certain players make great plays. I think cohesively together, it's just. It's nobody. It doesn't missing. feel like people are on the, are on the same page. Yeah, it feels like there must be a breakdown in communication yeah. for the plays that are that they're calling out well, there or making yeah. or making adjustments based off of what the offense is showing. Well, like there's I, missed assignments. Yeah, it's like trying to watch them try to figure out what What's to do or like how to switch it up or or whatever you know. But there were some pretty cool defensive plays like um, Al Woods taking down. Uh, it was um, Kamara. No. It was who they keep putting in that was like the tight end that throws. Oh like, god, I don't want to talk about him. He I mean, like anyway, he literally one. embarrassed but us. One. But that one. But like it wasn't that milk. wasn't that who he took out? Like that big I that big remember. tackle he had. It was so good. Anyway. All I remember is Taysom Hill had our number and he embarrassed the shit out of this defense. Well, it it was it was tricky. It was something to learn from though. You're so like positive. I don't it's know. It's good. Somebody like has that. to be right. I, like I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so the Seahawks, they can work on. I don't that know if you heard this. Room. I might not have. They just signed today. Yeah, linebacker Bruce Irvin, who was oh, okay. A, he's a veteran. Yeah, they put him on the practice squad. Yeah, he's been with Seattle before, and their mm-hmm. years they are successful. Mm-hmm. I think that this could be a good thing for the Seahawks defense. Just a little bit of seniority. You need somebody who has been there, done that, can can yeah. read the plays. Mentorship. I don't care. If they're maybe a little slower than they used to be when they were young, we ha- have players mm-hmm. that are yes, fast on defense, but that's not going to help if they don't know where to freaking go. It's true with with like the lack of um, the follow through on the coverage or the blown coverage and stuff like that. It it does actually make a difference very much. 
So we'll see how the Seahawks continue to try to figure out that issue on defense and find solutions. I hope that they do because if they were able to fix this defense Mm -hmm. in the next, I would say, week or two somehow magically. Before game seven or maybe by game seven. They have a chance at the playoffs. Their offense is a lot better than people were giving them credit for with Geno under center. Yep. Everybody wrote him off. Yep. He didn't write back. And all of our issues, we're like, the defense is set. We're solid on defense. This is in the offseason, by the way. Oh, yeah. Before when we were worried the about offense, the offense, we're yeah. so concerned. And guess what? It's flipped. It is flipped. They flipped the script. Seahawks defense figure it out because that offense is fire. Yeah. There was a little bit. I feel like some of the tackling was a little bit better, though. Maybe a little bit. Like, I'll go. Maybe like, a, a tiny bit. I mean, it, it wasn't as bad. We're going for hopeful. We're going for hopeful. All right. Well, thanks for tuning into the Hawkeye analysis. Coming up next is our mailbag segment. Woohoo! You've, You've got, got mail. mail. Welcome to the mailbag segment where we answer your questions. And thanks to those of you that submitted them this week. Okay. We're going to start off with a question from Hawkfan12. And they ask, why does the NFL appear to hate the Seahawks? This is not something that I brought up in the Hawkeye analysis, which maybe I should have. But yeah. the, the refs in that game on Sunday yeah. felt like they were paid off. Yeah. Like they had a deal with Dr. Facilier in that oh, they were no. stuck in yeah. some weird voodoo deal that required them <laughs> to make calls that went the Saints way. Yeah. And there was a few calls where, I mean, we were watching it on television, obviously, but or maybe not obviously, but we were, we were watching on television and there was a couple of times that they would take it to like the commentator who knows, was it Dean Blandino or something who knows all the rules yeah. or something like that. And so, and he would sort of talk about it and then you'd go like, okay. And then the refs would just be like, no, it's like this or, you know, and you're going, uh, all there right. Like super questionable one of the calls. touchdowns that they got, like, did he actually have control of the ball? Did he not? What did he actually get the feet? Well, whatever, you know, the like two feet down the control of the ball. Yeah. Did it move as he went trying down? To, was, it the, was it the ground that forced the fumble? Well, the rules just changed. And so it would have been, it wouldn't have been before, but now it is. And so, and then DK's yeah. DK's elbow was down. That was not a fumble. Oh, and honestly, yeah. that would have changed again, the scope of this game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There yeah. were, there were multiple calls that went, yeah. in the Saints' favor in that game. And mm-hmm. I'm not somebody that likes to say that the refs decided this game and that's why we lost, but... It was it was a little bit... It felt a little more obvious, though, like, then... It felt a little more... Um, it just kept happening. So then you're like, well, all these things coincidentally together, like, I know they can't change the plays that are actually happening on the field, but just the calls for those plays, the flags for those plays, it seemed like a lot more it was than normal. It's like seen. some of the things they called on the Seahawks, you could see kind of happen from the Saints, but they didn't call it for the Saints, but they yeah. called it for the Seahawks. And you're yeah. just like, okay, don't. You're, the issue is yeah. when they're not consistent. That's the it's thing. It's not necessarily like. Like follow why, the rules, but everybody follow the rules. Right. If yeah. you're going to call that a penalty, then call it a penalty when it happens for the other team exactly. too. In yeah. the same manner. Yeah. That's the issue I have. And I mean, people will say like, "Oh, uh, that they weren't looking that way, or they didn't see whatever." And it's you like, have but that's literally so your job. Many... That's what your job is. Yes, <laughs> to be looking where you're supposed to be looking. So, um, don't know why the NFL I don't know. hates them, but those refs in that game definitely had a deal with Doctor Facilier. 
Maybe. You never know. The shadow man, you got to watch out. All right. Well, thank you, HawkFan12. Let's go over to a question from uh, Steve Olson. And he asks, how much cash are you willing to spend to see the Mariners on Saturday? I'm thinking I'll spend 350 to 400 depending on the seat. So, which is, you know. Good so, for, good our for. kind of situation is that we have purchased tickets for the cracking game yeah a, a while when ago when tickets went on sale for non season and so that's holders. happening on saturday night we know that it might be a midday game for the mariners yeah but financially there are so many things we've committed to ourselves to yeah it's hard and it's it's so hard to make some of those decisions and to have predicted that this might be something that yeah. comes up yeah we're not necessarily necessarily in the place where we can like put down a big heavy hefty chunk of I money because because there's two of us there's two of us and that's the thing it's like if just one person but then the other person would be like what about me because you know obviously i would go and michaela would stay home just kidding <laughs> it would totally be the other way around if it was the case but um yeah i don't know we had we never say never but um at this point specifically for saturday we do have the cracking game that we're going to instead so but the future is is not predicted yet so if the Mariners can somehow magically pull out the series win, I told Kate, I go, the deeper they go, the I know that's the more money we'll have to drop, but I don't think I'll be able to resist. Yeah. The further, if, if they get sure into it further and further. So yeah. we will have to mm -hmm. kind of we'll just see how that goes. See how that goes. Never say never. Um, but I hope you have fun, Steve Olson. If you go, that'd be great. Let us know how it is. Um, and our final question for today is from Brady Larson, 89, who says, what if the Seahawks and Mariners both play at home next Sunday, which is now this coming Sunday? Well, we kind of did talk about it earlier in the segment. So if for some reason there's a game four, which we should all be hoping for now, exactly. since the Mariners lost their game today, we actually would need, a, need game a game four, four in order for us to even be considered for the next series. Mm -hmm. The hope is that there's a game four. It would force the Seahawks to, to potentially move their game time. Pete Carroll had mentioned that they're already in talks with the Cardinals about what that game change sure. time would look like. Sure. So it's already in discussion. The organization's already discussing it. Mm -hmm. There's nothing been that's been solidified yet in that regard. Mm -hmm. So you definitely stay tuned to when that time yeah. of that game is going to happen. Yeah. They just can't happen simultaneously. Yeah. And in a non-technical logistical sense, um, if the Seahawks and Mariners both play at home on Sunday, one, there's potential for us to be excited about that, which would be great for yeah. that both to happen. Because like Michaela said, we need the Mariners to be playing on Saturday, um, Sunday. And two, we can really hope that it is an overall happy day. Yeah. Um, take CBD if you need to. The anxiety <sighs> levels will be super high. Yeah. Protect <laughs> And honestly, like, Sports are fun and everything, and I know people have a lot invested in all these things, but if you're a person where you're watching these games and you're getting so overly excited or anxious or nervous or your heart rate is going really high, just like maybe, you know, step away or change the channel for a second or walk out of the room and just try to like breathe. You know, your health is important overall. My heart rate was so high and lis just listening to the Mariners. Yeah. In the in the ninth yeah. inning, because we don't have TV on the radio, so you can't watch it. Yeah, yeah. So that's a whole I'm other like, situation. I'm somebody that does have an actual physiological response she to watching sports. Does yes. 
So sometimes I have to manage that. Otherwise I feel like I'm going to pass out because my heart rate's so high or like Mm -hmm. I need to calm down. (laughs) It happens. If you're like that, make sure you also take care of yourself. You got to take care of yourself. Stay hydrated. It's not something I'm good at, but definitely. Oh, that's helpful. It is helpful. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for all of the mailbag questions this week. Yeah, thanks for great questions. And uh, this kind of wraps up. Yeah. episode four season two of the pacific northwest showdown podcast absolutely if you're around on social media be sure to give us a follow over on tiktok facebook instagram twitter at pnw showdown on all of those things michaela's been making some awesome content over on tiktok with all of her baseball videos that are just blowing up on the internet which is great and uh, i'm attempting to make tiny contributions to instagram so we've got <laughs> we've got that going for us but um it's great interacting with all of you on there thanks for Um, those of you that are new followers to us. And if you have not already liked and subscribed to the podcast, please feel free to do that and share it with others. It is a, it's really helpful for us and we really, really appreciate it. Yeah. You would help us gain some traction, which we would like to definitely do that. So Mm -hmm. with that being said, remember to always take care of your heart and mind above all else until next time. Marvel moment, Marvel moment, Marvel moment, Marvel moment. You know what's funny is that the Marvel theme song actually is nothing like that whatsoever. And yet we have our Marvel moment and it sounds like that. Maybe we should try to adapt it to sound more Marvel like. Maybe. I feel like it sounds like um, the jingle for like a dishwasher detergent from the 1950s or something. It sure does. I don't know. That's just kind of my take on it. Hey, Kate. Hey, Michaela, what's up? I have a dad joke for you. Oh, you know I love dad jokes. Why can't a nose be 12 inches long? Because then it would be a foot. (laughs) Her face right now. You're not supposed to know the answer. Oh, I'm sorry. I forget. I'm supposed to not know things. Okay. Okay. What do you call it when a snowman throws a tantrum? What do you call it when a snowman throws a tantrum? Yeah. Probably a snowstorm. A meltdown. Ooh, that's good. I didn't know the answer to that one. Did I or didn't I? Who actually knows?
Okay. I actually did. Your I actually joke. did not. I did not know the answer to that. This is, I don't know if it's a joke or if it's a riddle. I'm not really sure what the definition is for the difference between those two things, but um, I'm just going to go with what I've got. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. How do you politely tell someone that they are um, stupid? I don't know. Wisdom has been chasing you, but you have always been faster. I believe that joke was sent to us from your own dad who provided you with that joke. Did he send that one to you too? He sure did. Oh my gosh, that guy. <laughs> Which also now makes me, when you said that, when you said the first part, I go, God, I've read this before somewhere and I couldn't remember what the punchline was. But yeah. yes, your dad did send that to me too. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that my dad loves you enough to also send you his dad jokes. Yep. Because they're jokes from, from my dad. dad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in to this Marvel moment. And we hope that you have an excellent rest of your week. Bye, everybody.